0: Driven Minds Podcast.
1: This is your host, Franz Bowen. your co-host, Trav Weeks. First of all, I'd like to welcome
0: you guys to Season 2. Thanks for a great Season 1. We, we look forward to bringing you some more hot fire and dope topics <coughs> for your head talk.
1: Hot fire. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Season 1 was great. I um, really appreciate the response, the feedback we got, and we, you know, we, we will continue to bring on these dope trailblazers, offering keys and insights to, to the grind. So um, thank you guys.
0: You know, absolutely, and today uh, our flagship guest uh, <laughs> for season two, yes, sir. Um, Black Enterprise featured, um, co-founder of 430, yes, sir. Daniel Calderon.
2: Hey, what's up guys, how you doing? Definitely, dope, dope, dope.
0: Thanks for coming through, man.
2: Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So D- Daniel, um,
1: we got wind of Daniel through, well, I first was uh, an admirer of your company through social media. You know social media connects us all now, especially... The go getters out here, and um, um, a partner of ours, and um, somebody we love dearly, Natalia, um, did the introduction, and you know we got to really kick it with Daniel, and you know pick his brain on certain things. Man, he's a man of great resources, smart guy. His his agency is cool, is fun, it's dope. It offers a lot of um, opportunities to freelancers and really creative people out there. And him and his partners, they built it from the ground up. So you know we we were more than happy to have him come on board. So thanks again for coming on board, brother.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, for, thank you for having me. It's cool, man. Indeed. So uh,
0: we're, we're going to jump right in, you know what I'm saying, and, and attack the meats of, <laughs> of, of, of the, of the uh, course here. Okay, um, I'm nervous. T- <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so tell us about 430. Um, you know, what, what does that entail um, and, and kind of just the, the the journey from inception to now?
2: Um, so 430 is a platform and we connect brands and entrepreneurs or personalities to our um, roster of top tier creative talent. Um, we specifically focus on photography, graphic design, web design. Um, and we just added videographers, which is pretty cool. Um, nice. We're excited about that. Nice. And um, we basically um, help companies with their creative marketing, branding, um, any creative asset they need. Um, they come to us for that. Um, and we curated this list. Um, you know, Our competitors don't really do stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. So we actually take the time to look and search for the best out there. Um, and the best um, that probably didn't have the opportunity to, to be connected to the brands that we do connect them to. Um, so we found that it was important to do that. Um, so the, we thought about it, um, and so Ron Richardson, which is my business partner, um, he- Yo, Big up, Ron. Yeah, what's up, Ron? <laughs> yeah, so he worked in agencies, Weber Shanwick, and a lot of top agencies, and he worked with brands like Revlon, Ikea, Blackberry, um, you know, uh, back in the day, (laughs) Um, and you know when we met, we just had this really great synergy. And he said he wanted to start an agency, and I said, you know, whatever you need, I will help you with that because I have expertise. I used to work for Amazon and Target, and I was a senior HR business partner for Amazon, and I was an HR business partner um, over a large, large territory at Target. Um, So I had all the operational knowledge, the talent piece, compliance, um, and also before I went into HR, I ran retail operations too for Target. So I had some, you know, it's not exactly the operations of a company like 430, but, um, you know, there's pieces that I can um, use to build a company. Um, And my experience was really building business units. Um, So at Target and Amazon, you are in charge of your business. So um, from everything to finance to um, kind of you're like your own PR person with the team and um, external stakeholders as well. Um, So I was able to learn all of those things. And both of us together... really made a really great team. So that's why it made sense for us to work together in whatever that he wanted to do because he's just a brilliant mind. And right, um, right, I right. only like to work with people that I think are smart and that could teach me things. Um, and he is definitely one of those smart um, yeah, yeah. people. Um, so we came together and, you know, we were just struggling with the idea. <laughs> we are like, yeah. there are so many cool agencies, boutique agencies, yeah. and does the world need another Agency,
1: right. and not even to interject. Um, how long was that conception stage before you actually launched?
2: Literally, we talked about it um, a year and a half before we actually launched, and probably mm-hmm. even just kind of talking over drinks, um, two years probably before right, that. Right, right. Um, and and you know, so we we thought about like, does the world need another agency? And then we started talking and researching and reading about companies like Lyft, Uber. And handy, and you know, a lot of those sort of um, um, companies that kind of model their whole business um, towards the gig economy. Okay. And we were like, okay, we need to get something really cool. Maybe an agency is not a good idea, but we still want to do creative stuff. So because even um, I was in HR, and it seems boring, but I always have creativity as part of something that was um, important to me and that I was passionate about. So I did music. Um, back in the day, I still sing, I still write, and um, and I wanted to be a, a fashion designer <laughs> when I was younger. And but I can't draw. I went to Parsons. They were like, "Ah, uh, your portfolio is not good enough." <laughs>
1: so dream <laughs> deferred, so, yeah, because I was just passionate
2: about fashion. I was like, "All right, maybe maybe that's not the move." But um, so I always had creativity as part of something that I wanted to do, and um, I only worked. For companies like MTV, um, I worked for Scholastic. I worked nice. for um, Giorgio Armani right before I got the job at Target um, mm-hmm. because I wanted to be in a creative space. Right, right. Um, so um, he was working on a project for Revlon, and um, he was leading their campaign, "Love Is On" campaign. So he did all of the digital and um, for that big launch with Halle Berry, oh, wow. and you know, he was getting um, a lot of freelancers in his network. And he was asking me, you know, do I know anyone that could do X, Y, and Z, but he has a larger network of creators because he worked in that field. And I said to him one day, I was like, you need to be getting paid for this. You are putting people on. Mm. Um, and, you know, we kind of laughed about it. It was just a conversation. And then a couple of weeks later, um, we were talking and he said, I got the idea. And mm. I said, Okay, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he said, why don't we just build a, um, a creative agency smart. Um, with freelancers? Right, right. Um, because we were both reading um, a study that was out there in terms of how fast that market is going to grow and right. um, how much less people are um, wanting to take on nine to fives and so wanting to kind of control their own lives and be um, the leader of their right. destiny.
1: The freelance game is lit right now.
2: <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely and um so I was like it was like kind of like a magical moment <laughs> that I was like, yes, that is it and um and then he said, Well, I got the creative piece, I know the agency side of it, um but I have no idea how to put all of this together wow. um, so that's where I came in to from the operational nice. standpoint nice. and um from the talent standpoint because it's I worked in h r um And because I'm creative as well, um, it made sense because I I understood the language. I knew how to kind of speak to those people. And I needed to learn more, obviously, um, because I've never worked in a creative agency. But um, it just made sense from that standpoint. So we came together, and we started building that right away. It was crazy um, how it happened. Um, He quit his job a couple – he quit his job. Um, to solely focus on building that, and that was a year prior to launch, and um, and I was like, I gotta continue working. <laughs> um, I gotta secure the bag. Yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta continue <laughs> working, and um, and it was it was pretty great because, um, yeah, it just made sense. That just how right, everything right. worked out. Um, yeah.
1: That's that's interesting because it's like um. I always tell, you know, event producers or coordinators or anybody in marketing how um, or people who have brands, how important the aesthetic is, right? Mm-hmm. Like how important is design? How do you, I, when you're going to choose freelancers to work with, how do you identify talent and also um, just your perspective on why that's important to have a really clean look for whatever you're trying to, for whatever one is trying to um, brand or, or product they're trying to push?
2: Yeah, so, I, you know, there are a lot of different aesthetics out there, and, and no aesthetic is better than the other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I talked to a lot of freelancers that probably have gotten turned down for 4.30, um, saying that, we're not saying that you're bad. <laughs> you're actually pretty good, and I like what you're doing, but it's not, it's not our aesthetic, aesthetic, you know, it's not what our clients come to us to get, you know? Yeah. So um, our aesthetic is really clean, um, as you said, um, and very modern, Um, because we want to make sure that we're ahead of everything that is happening. So there are a lot of modern, there are a lot of clean aesthetics, but we like to think forward. And, okay, so if we're targeting startups, what look and feel are they going to want? What is going to appeal to millennials and the generations behind us? Um, So with doing that and of course when it comes to design a lot of things are recycled is kind of it comes around but it always happens that it becomes better and it becomes more clean or it's is this a special thing um, to the design aspect so we look for people that are forward thinking um, that are on the cusp of what's next mm. um, we look for people that have a design aesthetic or a thought process that we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, um, one thing on my social channel, if you follow me, or if you don't follow me, follow me now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I have a saying called cool wins, and that came from a conversation I had with my best friend, Kyle. And he he works in the modeling industry, and he runs a um, next um, um, a big model agency in um, New York and across the world. And he said to me, one night that we were just chilling on the stoop in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. He said, cool will always win. Mm. And it was a simple statement. And I, I took it to heart. I was like, you are so right. What is cool is always going to win. So what is cool always changes. So we have to be on the pulse of what is cool. And I'm in my thirties now and I don't consider myself cool. (laughs) Right. Um, but I am going to be cool because I am talking to people way younger than me that is on the cusp of what's next and what's new. So we use that model, I use that model to basically recruit freelancers. Um, and, you know, we, I get nasty emails sometimes <laughs> really? saying that, oh, I've been oh, 13 sorry. years in my industry.
1: And you've got to still turn them down, Like right? I don't mean...
2: Yeah, like I'm, you know, I respect right. what you did, and right, right. that it was be somebody that's
1: six months in the industry that just has it
2: exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. I would see that. Um So, it's just what's cool is always gonna win. So when I'm sixty years old, I'm still gonna be cool because my mind says that I'm always gonna seek out and learn from others. I like that. Um, of what is cool, and that's what Kanye does, right? He's right. always on the pulse of what's next. We may not understand it when it first comes out, but he's that forward-thinking, right? Mm -hmm. That's what Jay-Z does. That's what people like um, Andre 3000 still does Mm to this day. Um, Kendrick, you know, so using the greats and learning from the greats, um, that's how we approach our business.
1: uh, Sidebar real quick, I just think that's how you stay young, too, how you stay fresh. Mm -hmm. I feel like just always creating and and, um, cultivating that energy, I feel like that's how you just stay... You know, you just stay tapped in.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, even, even in that vein, um, you talked about keeping the pulse, the mm-hmm. thing on the pulse, but in actuality, you are the pulse. Like, you are the individual that curates and selects these this individuals with these certain skills to match the, um, the, the wants or, or the needs of, for the aesthetics of certain companies or what have you. My question is. How do you how do you cultivate that talent to, or or your eye rather, to know what would work for somebody else? Because a lot of the times, you know, individuals or, or perhaps um, you know competitors of yours or colleagues of yours, what have you, they will choose something, but it it's good, it's cute, but it's not effective. How do you train your eye to find the cool, but also the effective?
2: Yeah, so um, one model that we have, we we have to be strategy-driven, right? And we have to be brand-driven. So in anything that you do, whether it be designing logos, um, whether it be photography, you have to know what you're selling. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I look at, when I look at a photo, it could be very pretty. It could be beautiful. You could have all of these nice filters and editing and all that sort of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But if I don't understand what you are selling, because that's who are, our, um, our clients are, their brands, and they are paying for your services to sell a product. Um, so if you don't have a good eye um, as a photographer or a graphic designer to know, hey, I'm going to highlight this because I did my research on this company. I did the research in the industry. Um, I see what's working and what's not working. And this is how I'm going to creatively translate what this brand wants to achieve. And sometimes the brand, most actually most times, the brand doesn't even know what they need to achieve creatively. And that's why companies like ours are there, because we're their experts, in saying, okay, you sell Cheerios. So how do I get my sister and brother and myself to want to buy Cheerios? Or how can I translate Cheerios to make it kind of make sense for... What music is saying today, for example, like what's happening in social media, what's going viral or, you know, what TV shows are out there that is kind of changing pop culture, you know. So we look at all of those different things and using strategy, using data because we have to be very data driven to see, okay, how do we um, translate this creatively? Um, If you just want to take pretty photos, um, you can do that. You know, but you're just not gonna get paid for it, right? right, right. Um, so we look for people that are business minded that um, that know how to do that. Um, yeah, so that's that's basically it. Okay. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, no, it definitely okay. makes sense.
0: And um, you know, perusing your website earlier, uh, I came across one of your articles that I found really interesting, which was also a selling point for 430. Um, five reasons to join 430, and one of them stuck out to me. Um, the, the idea of at-will projects, the idea that you, the people that you have chosen to work with, you have a choice on the projects that they work on. What is the benefit or, or the ideology behind that?
2: Yes. Uh, I mean, it was something that I thought about it because I was thinking about myself. <laughs> because anything that I'm working on that I'm not passionate about, That's I'm not going to do a good job. You know, I may do an okay job that's going to wow people. I'm like, oh, my God, you're so smart. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that, right? right? But am I doing my best job, right? And then for me, what makes me happy is me doing my best outdoing myself, um No matter what accolades someone may give me, my mom may say, "Oh, good job, Daniel, you know she's supposed to do that right that's my mom, or my <laughs> boss is supposed to motivate me if I have a good boss mm-hmm. um, but if i'm not really happy with my work, then I'm not going to be fulfilled as a human being
1: mm. and that kind of that's like across the spectrum, I think we're human beings period you yeah. know what I mean so I can actually understand that that mindset now um when you decided to start Four Thirty Agency and linking up with your um, with your partner Ron, right? Yes, yeah, Ron. with your partner Ron. Um, that's a big step to be an entrepreneur. Like, is that something that's always been in your mind? Was there like a, you know, uh, a point in your life where you you just knew this is what was gonna happen, or did it just happen sporadically?
2: No, like I, ever since I can remember, I wanted to own my own business or. Invent something or make money. Always been part of your nation. Yeah, just always part of my. I grew up in a Caribbean household and, you know, like, uh, (laughs) um, yeah, so my dad is from um, St. Lucia and my mom is from St. Thomas. And the food is crazy. Yeah, crazy. Very, very (laughs) good.
1: The barbecue is (laughs) the
2: summer. Pulling up. I'll be 300 pounds if I live there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so my grandmother sold in the market. That's how she made money. That's how she supported her nine kids. Um, my grandfather also sold the market. He was not as good as her because everyone knew Miss Mary before she passed. Like mm. her funeral, there were thousands of people. I did not know my grandmother was that popular. Oh, she touched lives. Seriously, people have stories about her, about her selling the market, about her giving things away for free sometimes because mm. people didn't have money because, you know, um, St. Lucia is not like a really rich um, island. Um, she it was she was so nice that she took in stray animals, in which I was like, Grandma, you are crazy. She had, like, five dogs. In all fairness, though, that's a West Indian. is it a West Indian <laughs> thing? The, the dog is everybody. <laughs> dog, you know what I mean? I was like, what kind of thing is this? Like, I went to that house. I saw all those dogs. I was nervous. But, <laughs> but you know, she had cats. She had, like, uh, I don't know. I saw this uh, one. foul fowl. I, yeah i didn't I, there was this one I, unidentified animal I was like i don't want to know what that is um, <laughs> but um but that's what kind of person she um was and my father was that way you know he's not as um he's not as consistent as he needs to be, and that's the feedback I give him all the time and my mom was a go- getter she was always she was a hustler um yeah she was a hustler she was a nurse and she kind of um, grew into the business of nursing, and she ended up, uh, before she left her job um, last year, she um, ended up running, um, I think, 10 dialysis units, wow. um, centers. Um, and wow. then she um, she, um, she left, and now she bought a factory in Maine. I don't know why she Your moved mom? to Maine. Yeah, she bought a factory in Maine. Wow. She bought a 13-acre property in Tennessee, and now she's developing a vegan food line. Fine. You know. So I come from a family. Fortunately, That's even old. though we didn't get along most of my life, but yeah, I will come to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I grew up from a family that was um, very business oriented and that always hustled to do what they needed so that to was
1: do. Instilled in you from day one.
2: Yeah, I remember one um, one day, my poor sister. Like I dragged her everywhere. I made her do everything that I wanted her to do. Um, I said I I needed like a a pair a pair of sneakers. I forgot what brand it was. Um, and I knew that I had gotten in trouble like last week. I was I was not the best um, or the most respectful kid. So, <laughs> uh, so I got in trouble the week before. So I knew I was not getting that pair of sneakers. And I said, okay, what can I do to get these pair of sneakers? So there was um, there was lemonade mix in the um, cupboard. So I, I made some lemonade. So you started to whip that water. Yeah, whip the water, put some sugar, and because I'm Caribbean and my family know how to cook, I put some essence in it, you know, uh, to make it special, because I was like, how am I going to differentiate myself? Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I did that, and I had my sister help me. She was, you know, she was my assistant. And um, and it's, it's so I did not grow up in, like, a suburbia where there's, like, a a, a garage and then there's like trees around and there's a lemonade stand and people smiling and everyone's skipping, um, yeah. to buy lemonade. I lived in, you know, a conjoined house, um, brick house, and there was an apartment building. So imagine me selling on a sidewalk in an apartment building in Brooklyn. Yeah. So, I, you know, so that was so like, this
0: kid out here with all this free lemonade, what's up playing? No, you? it was not free. Was,
2: <laughs> they got to get robbed, but, um, and then my mom came home, she snatched me, and she was like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, because I didn't understand the legal ramifications. If someone got sick, she would get sued. But, <laughs> um, but you know, that's a story of how I was as a kid. And um, I always invented stuff. Um, you know, it, it was, it's just right, right. what he, it is. He
1: was, he was that kid.
2: Yeah.
0: That's what it is. I, I, I did a little, you know, Googling on you. Oh, uh, what did you uh, find? Uh, did I'm Google, nervous about so that. It, no, no, don't be nervous. But, <laughs> okay. I mean, you have, you have a, a, a pretty tremendous story um, in, in your middle teens and, you know, growing into adulthood. um, You've you basically been on your own for a, a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you talk about how that experience, if you don't want to go in great depth with it, it's fine. No, I mean, it's can fine. Can you talk about how, how that experience kind of, you know, um being on your own at such an early age at 16
2: has how that shaped your your your, your hunger. And was and your that and was
1: that traumatizing in any way?
2: Um so I I was I was a weird kid cuz my parents split when I was pretty young and my sister took it pretty hard. Mm-hmm. But weirdly, I said this is probably good, right? Because obviously it it, it was not working and right. I was miserable. Yeah, um right. and I'm going to have Two homes to go to, and probably two birthday presents and stuff like that. I was thinking about that. I was, I was like, okay, let me figure out what's the what's the benefit of this situation. No, but internally it did um, hurt um, hurt me a lot, which um, I'll get to. Like in my twenties, kind of how I grew up. Um, but yeah, I was kicked out of my house at sixteen. Um, I think. It was traumatizing in a sense, but I think I harbored a lot of hate mm. for my mom, you know. So and my dad, because it was That's yeah, real. yeah. So I think it was more so I was always in defense mode. Um, I always was kind of like, Okay, hey, let me survive this and um and through that time I think I learned a lot of lessons. Um mm. so you know, my family, which which I say my chosen... I wrote a post on Instagram about chosen family. Um, my family were my friends at the time. Um, and I lived with them. I lived in couches. I lived in the projects um, wow. for a little bit of time. Um, but I thought it was cool because I never thought I would be living in the projects. I was like, oh, this is cool. I live in the <laughs> projects. Um, but... Um, but then it wasn't.
1: <laughs>
2: but then it was. I was like, "Oh, okay, I get it." Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: that <laughs> yeah, political? Yeah, no. But I was like, I get it. But
2: you know, it gave me a deeper appreciation for life and um, people um, that I wasn't used to um, being around, and it made me be able to connect. To other people um, in my HR days, um, much more deeply because my client groups were like teams that probably, you know, wasn't at a certain economic level. Um, yeah. So I was able to connect with them um, and motivate them to be productive or to teach them that there is better, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, so, so my whole experience um, getting kicked out of sixteen. Um, I kind of learned a lot. I grew up pretty fast, and it taught me to appreciate life. It taught me to hustle. It taught me to figure out how to make money. Um, I dropped out of school as well, high school, and yeah. Um, yeah, I had a lot of I had a lot of fun, just kind of being carefree. But then um, my friends were like, "Hey, what's up, Dan? yo? You man smart. You can help me with my homework." And sure. I would be the one to help them, um, and I was like, "Okay, hey, I'm helping you with your homework." And I'm not in school. This we isn't. Even have homework. Yeah, I don't even have <laughs> homework. Uh, this is fun, but this is not the life that I want to live. I started yeah. looking in the future again, and um, and I, I, I woke up and I said, "Okay, let me get back in school." So I did consignment school, and um, I actually finished on time because wow. I just went hard, and um, I did a scholarship with Americorp and I, uh, you know, I I I did. Um, teaching for after school programs because I thought I wanted to be a teacher at that time. And um, yeah, so I just figured it out pretty quickly um, but it was very difficult um, to um, get, to graduate, to get into college. My friends actually, um, they're all older than me, Mm. got me into college um, because I didn't have a parent to like, you know, like, Mm. you know, say, hey, this is what you do, this is how to talk to the people in school, yeah, like, much didn't have much guidance. Um, yeah. So, like, through all those um, experiences, I learned friendship, um, I learned loyalty, I learned hard work, um, I learned a lot.
1: So, you was rough around the edges, was there, like, a moment, like, a just, a, um, I'm forgetting the phrase, but, like, a moment where it's just, like, whether you had a mentor come talk to you, or you said you mentioned your friends that just made you, like, you know what, I'm gonna get my shit together.
2: Um, when I got a p- gun, you had the potential. It mm-hmm. sounded like everybody yeah. saw it. When I had a gun pulled out on me, I was like, "Okay, this is not my life." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, so that'll yeah. make you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> this is not my life, and you know, I want to be cool. I want to hang out. I want to do all this, all these things, yeah. um, and hang out with people that I think are cool. Um, but when that gun came out, all my friends that I thought were cool, they were out. And I was like, huh, wow. this is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it just made me realize, who 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 do I need to really be around? And um, this is not me. This is not how I was raised. Um, no matter how I felt about my parents, I think I wanted to do the opposite of what they taught me when I was younger. Because we were really religious. And um, I was like, okay, let me get my stuff together. And um, so, yeah, I... I thought about it, I, I, I drew up a plan and I went at it and I achieved my goal, graduated on time, got into college, um, didn't do Ivy League because I couldn't because um, I had to pay and work at the same time. Um, so I stayed in New York and um, I graduated with a business management and finance degree um, and a minor in accounting. Nice. Um, and um, through college, I did a, a lot of internships um, because I said, I don't have uh Ivy League degree. I didn't go to HBCU. Um, so I need to make my resume really, really great. Um, so I applied to all the coolest companies. So I got a internship at um, the Federal Reserve Bank. That was my first one. The second one was MTV, because I thought that was cool. And um, my third one was...
0: And you to entertainment? That's a...
2: Yeah, it was, I was in um, research and development, oh, okay. and um, that internship was research and development. Um, and then I did, uh, what well, was it, Scholastic, um, and then book the book company, yeah, yeah, a really, really great company. And then I did Giorgio Armani, because I was like, I want to do fashion. Um, and then I didn't do any of those, but all of those experiences, I was able to build a resume that was so great. Mm-hmm that was actually better than my peers that went to Ivy League schools and that went to HBCUs. So the hiring manager didn't even have a chance to look at the school because they saw all these cool companies.
1: Nice, nice. Did you ever pull from those experiences of, like, you know, growing up hard, growing up rough, pull from from those experiences and, like, you know, in interviews or, you know, um, creating new relationships with those major companies or any projects? Did you ever been able to correlate both, both sides of uh, life?
2: Yeah, I think I was able to connect with people where they were. Mm-hmm. So depending on who, I, who was sitting across the room from me, I was able to read them pretty quickly and know, how do I talk to them? How do I connect with them at, on a deeper level right away um, so that they know that I'm a good person and that I will get the job, you know. And I think I always kind of said I'm gonna be so real. I'm gonna be respectful, but I'm gonna be really real. I'm not gonna do all of the fake stuff or try to pretend that I'm someone that I'm not, um, because when you do that, you're gonna come off as inauthentic. One and then two people are gonna spot that out in a second, and they're gonna be like, "Okay, he sounds good, but." I don't trust it, you know. So I was I I wanted to make sure that um, that I was always real. So that's what I learned when I was sixteen and and on. Because if you're in those environments, you have to be real. Mm. If you're fake, that is not you know, good. In offenses, yeah. Sorry, life or death. Yeah. It's exactly you know, exactly, you know? and Absolutely. it's about loyalty. It's about all of those things. So. I will never regret any of my experiences because it taught me really great life lessons that I, was, that I am able to apply today. Um, so I can go in a room with millionaires, right? And be able to be confident enough in myself that I can have a good conversation, right? Because that doesn't impress me, right? That does not impress me at all, right? You are a person. So I see you as a person first. So your status, your clout, doesn't really do anything to make me nervous to talk to you. Um, Or I can go to my family's barbecue where I have a cousin that probably don't want to go to school, right? But I'm able to inspire him and say, okay, you don't want to go to school? What do you want to do? What are you good at? Let's dig deep and figure that out. And I'm here to support you. So, um, So I was happy that I was able to get that experience because that taught me that.
0: That's awesome. fire. Could you, um, before uh, we wrap, uh, just really briefly, <laughs> can you tell us some of the challenges that had arisen previously? Um, just dealing with, because you, you work in a people centric business, especially with HR, like there's a lot of things that you're not able to account for when dealing with like personality and stuff like <laughs> that. Like, what are some of the challenges that had arisen previously, and, previously, and how did you remedy that going forward?
2: Um, so challenges i yeah I mean like every day is a challenge every every situation is a challenge, so i'm trying to pick one, but um I think dealing with people, everyone thinks that they're smarter and they have the answer, mm-hmm. so I think that's the number one challenge, so to be able to break those walls down um and to be able to communicate clearly, which that is not one of my strong suits communication's not um so I have to work very hard at at at, at kind of thinking okay how am I going to approach the situation where that person understands me without even talking like what relationship do I have to build beforehand so that I can have an effective conversation to drive my agenda Um, so I think that's one challenge I guess um, to dealing with just people in kind of being malleable enough to be able to communicate and to have people buy into whatever you're selling.
1: Right, right. And you're very creative and, like, your IG's popping, right? So, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, um, it's pretty lit, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, p- how do you leverage the power of social media to increase your business?
2: Yeah, I mean, that that is is the new marketing and is going to continue to grow, right? So yeah. knowing that, um, I think... Everything that the business stands for, I have to represent in my social feeds Mm. Um, because that builds trust as well, right? Um, And then the good thing about our business is 70% of our sales comes from social media, which is crazy. Wow. 70%. And we did not spend a lot of money on marketing for paid ads or anything like that. It's just – it's like grassroots. Mm. It was like – so – I think understanding how to maximize our budgets um, helped me build and curate a feed that people would be attracted to. Right, right. Does that make sense? Because yeah. you, you would have to spend... And, and then when we do um, get the funding to spend thousands of dollars or millions of dollars on ad campaigns,
1: mm-hmm.
2: how much more powerful will, will that be? Would that be, you know? Like we already can attract people without paying, spending any money. Right, right, so right. now putting paid behind it, that's crazy. So in anything that you don't do, do not be lazy. Make sure you do it to the best of your abilities. Mm. Um, if you don't know how to do it, learn from someone.
1: Mm.
2: Um, people ask me questions all the time. DM me. Want to you know have chats and stuff like that. I am so open to that because I think um, sharing is everything. You know, if you yeah. if you can't share what you're good at. Um, then why are you on this earth? Um, so, so I mean that's how I leverage social media because um, it's free, yeah. right? It's <laughs> a no-brainer, you know. It's 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 free. Use the tools, and you know we have so many tools out there, and a lot of people are like, "How do you do this? How do you do? This? Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that." Um, and then there, you have the world is your oyster. There's so much out there that you can do. There's so much that you can sell. There's so much money out there that is untapped. Mm-hmm. So shut up and figure <laughs> it out. You know, <laughs> I don't know what else to say.
1: Definitely sure. Well, we're all on driven minds, and we, you know, it's our first episode of season two and season uh, two. We um, we like to ask all our guests. Uh, it's a real personal question. It's not that personal, actually. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty much, what drives you, man? What um, you know, what get, what gets you to wake up every morning and, and, and go out there and make things happen and you know put the place together and uh you know build relationships and, 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 and um, really really um, succeed on this entrepreneurial journey of yours. What 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 is uh, the key factors that drive you every day?
2: Key factors, and this is cliche and everyone says this, but truly doing what you love. Mm-hmm. Um, love is such a powerful thing. And I'm such like a, a romantic person just personally and um, business-wise too because passion is everything, you know. That's the only way that you're going to make it. And um, I started this new Instagram page called Dance Nuggets where mm-hmm. it's like nuggets of information, of inspiration, or just rants or whatever. And mm-hmm. one thing I wrote... Was that money will never make you happy? The goal will ne- the wealth is never should be wealth should never be the goal. Yeah, that France. Uh, no, <laughs> no, <no, I'm> <laughs> but you, no, but seriously, seriously, money. <laughs> you
0: could buy yourself a happy moment.
2: No, a, a moment, right? That you said it right there. You can buy yourself a moment, right? But that moment is gonna go away and it can go away very quickly never to return. Yeah. Um so making sure that you do what you're passionate about is everything. Mm-hmm. And money is going to follow. That is the res- that's the result of you following your dreams, you following your passion. Mm-hmm. And whatever that passion is, do it because there is a market there for it. <laughs> you know, some markets are bigger than others, but people you, you, we're all humans and but no one is such an individual that individual that someone else doesn't like what they like, so whatever that is, build it out. Get smart people around you to help you fill in the blanks where you can't. Mm-hmm. So,
1: Indeed. any them, any advice for somebody trying to walk your footsteps, trying to you know be a creative genius and start their own agency and you know and be able to push culture.
2: I mean, yeah, it would be follow your passion. I But I think one other thing I learned from a good friend of mine is, you know, a lot of people talk about planning. Plan, plan, plan. Make sure you have detailed plans. Make sure you do your research and make sure you get finance and you get marketing and you get operations. You get all these pieces in your plan and it, it's, it's going to be beautiful. So do that, right? Because that's really important. But as soon as you feel so good about that plan, rip it the heck up because in everything that you do you want to make sure that you follow your gut. Mm. If your gut says that you should not turn that turn on that block, do not do it because you will surely fail. So that's the advice that I would give to anyone that wants to do this is not going to be easy. This the actually uh, this is the most stressed out I've been in my entire life. But it's good stress, right? Because it's right. like passionate. It's like, it's like a relationship, right? You're, you're mad at your significant other, but you're like, you just love them so much, right? Yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, just, um, just do it, but follow your
0: gut. Indeed. That's fire. Uh, can you tell us where to find you on the uh, socials and interweights?
2: yeah yeah uh, my my Instagram handle is Daniel P. Calderon so that's D as in dog A as in apple N as in Nancy that was so corny right so it's <laughs> D-A-N-I-E-L-P C-A-L-D-E-R-O-N um, so that's at Daniel P. Calderon I'm kind of boring so I just put my first middle and last name yeah. um, and that's on Twitter um, and Facebook I like to keep private because that's when my friends kind of act up <clears throat> so 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 <laughs> And y'all definitely check out uh, 430.com.
0: Yep. It's an uh, amazing um, uh, launch pad for, for a career
1: if you're talented. For yeah, yeah. Freelances. So
2: yep, it's www4 4 ycom
1: Thank you again, brother, for being on the Driven Minds podcast and you know launching our season two. We appreciate that. Uh, thanks Absolutely.
2: for
0: having me. It was fun. Like we always say at this time. <laughs> Stay driven, y'all. Stay driven.